but like everybody everybody makes the boat jokes when they're talking about ships toot toot oh that that boat left the dock oh, yeah. Lord. <laughs> oh no my, you took my battleship you can't make me get on that ship <laughs> that's not really a ship that's a garbage barge ah. <laughs> i haven't heard that one but that's awesome <laughs> Hybrid Pub Scout Podcast with me, Emily Einelander. We're mapping the frontier between traditional and indie publishing. And today we have a couple friends joining us and um, aka me joining me um, (laughs) (laughs) to talk about fan fiction because it's fun. And we wanted to give you a little bit of a primer to get you ready for the next couple guests we're going to have after this. My name is Mary Elizabeth Summer and um... I am, I have long, long and sorted history with fan fiction <laughs> back from the, you know, almost the beginning of the internet days. Um, not quite that old, but pretty close uh, back to the live journal days, if that means anything to anybody. Um, and I also write original fiction. So, and I have a couple of books published um, through Random House, Delacorte Press um, in print. Um, so I've kind of got a foot in both worlds. Um, all three worlds, I guess, because there's some fanfic and there's original fic and there's published thing. There's a, there's a whole, there's so many worlds now. It's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm one of those people that does like, a, I, I am a, um, what do they call it? Serial monogamous fandom person. <laughs> so I've been part of several fandoms, but only ever one at a time. And I write and I read and I um, beta for other people. So I've, uh, I'm, on discord every day which we can talk about discord if you want at some point um you know just the fandom and how that works and intersects with fanfic so yeah so i guess that's that's me all right um and who is our other guest today hi everyone i'm tara layman um long time listener long time fan and (laughs) And uh, the previous (laughs) guest (laughs) i may have been on this a time or two um i (laughs) My fan fiction days harken back to high school in ye old and early aughts. Not quite live journal, but like definitely early fanfiction.net days. Um, but I do work in the publishing industry. I work for a, um, a smaller press here in town uh, as a publicist. So I get to see um, both the hyper creativity of fan fiction as well as the um publishing cycle creativity of professional people yes that's what <laughs> i want people yes all right well i think we should start by you know just in case nobody someone hasn't put this together um defining fan fiction i feel like the definition of fan fiction though is in the word itself mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. fiction that is written by fans mm-hmm taking place in an existing property or world with existing characters usually although um i mean it's it's such a huge thing because the sky is the limit you know you can do whatever you want there's tons of people who put original characters into their fan fiction or do 
um, alternate universe AU, when we get to the defining part, we can talk about that, mm -hmm. um, you know, where it's like almost as if it's not even the existing characters anymore. It's not even the existing world. There's just a few tropes that you might recognize or a few callbacks to the original. So it can be as like, you know, as distant from the original source material as like you can imagine to where it's almost like a completely different world um, or is a completely different world, but it can also be, um, you know, what we call canon, which is like just really close to the source material, the original source material and how the characters would act. So there's, there's just like, I mean, fan fiction is wide and vast. It contains multitudes. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but, but, but when you break it down to us, that's a bolts, Tara, you're absolutely right. It is just fiction written by fans of a particular story. I think my favorite, it's not so much a definition of fan fiction, but one of my favorite representations of fan fiction in popular culture, and this is in traditional publishing. This is book from a publisher that, you know, you walk into a bookstore and you get it off the shelf. It's got an ISBN and all that jazz. It's from a Jasper Ford book. It's one of his Thursday Next series. And, <laughs> Love that and series. in it, the main character or, or like some semblance of the main character travels to bookland but at one point in the series bookland divvies up and there are areas that are devoted to different genres and the characters have to deal with the inclusion of fan fiction and nobody quite knows where it goes and what it does and who it's for and what it needs to be and so within ford's book all the characters just fight about fan fiction <laughs> that's on brands that's right? totally right i was like that's a, that's a really good representation of fan fiction yeah mm -hmm. there's lots of fighting yes <laughs> there's fighting within fan fiction there's fighting about fan fiction from a legal standpoint from the authors you know how they feel about fan fiction is very wide diverse opinions mm -hmm. and then within fandom itself of course there's always you know, it's people. We're all kind just gonna like, like, disagree. It's mm -hmm. kind of like that definition or that that quote about the definition of porn. Like, I know it when I see it. Yes, <laughs> yes. There you go. That's the perfect definition of fiction. <laughs> I know it when I see it. So, where do we see it? We you said Live Journal was mm -hmm. one of them. Uh, Fanfiction.net, um, and then some of the other ones. I I know Ao3. That's basically where where I. Uh, spend my mm -hmm. time my fan fiction hours tumblr. tumblr tumblr yeah there's some there's some there too although it's not great for archiving um but yes and we should probably stipulate that ao3 by the way is archive of our own that's why yes. it's called ao3 because there's three o's <laughs> yes well that's where that comes from i never knew <laughs> wait really <laughs> yes. cool so so canon well, let, let's put a finer point on that. Um, I'll, my understanding is it's the, the things that actually happen within a story and people who are uh, canon compliant are writing their stories in a way that would possibly correctly go with the flow of what the actual story did. Canon aligns with the original author, drafter, creator's vision and what was included in the original work um so like you said anyone who's canon compliant like they can't really deviate from that mm -hmm. there's a lot of like um ways to 
categorize canon too, like or slice and dice it up when you're talking about different kinds of fanfic. So um, people always use it as a reference point. So like there are tags uh, for post-canon, things that happen just after uh, the events of the original source material or pre-canon um, to kind of give you a timeline. And then there's like, um, you know, canon compliant is another one where it's like, yes, we are in the, in the world of this fanfic, we are um, going on the assumption that everyone understands and knows what happened in the original source material and that is being incorporated into this other vision of, you know, extra story. And then canon divergent would be like almost the same, but they make a couple of choices that takes things into a different direction. I mean, that's almost Sounds right. That's almost borderline AU at that point. Yeah. What is an AU? Alternate universe. Alternate, Alternate universe. universe. Yeah. Like when you take, say, Lord of the Rings and you put them in a contemporary setting in the middle of New York City. Coffee shop what? AU. Bookshop <laughs> AU. Yeah. <laughs> All the good ones. Mm-hmm. Good tropey ones. Yeah. The ones that, the, the cute ones. <laughs> yeah. The Fluff. fluffy ones. I don't have that on my list. Fluff. Yeah. Add that. Fluff. Yeah, fluff fluff is, and uh, just just the characters having a nice time and everyone having good feelings yep and happily ever after at the end guaranteed yeah <laughs> i feel like the more distressing canon is the more like f- people lean on fluff when they finish reading it or listening or watching oh my gosh that is so true yes i do that if you're in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah. Seriously, there's some things where like I'll start reading and I'll be like, oh no, I can't do this right now. Life's hard enough. Mm-hmm. Back to the coffee shop, please. <laughs> I just I want my happily ever afters. Mm-hmm. I don't want my happily right now. So I want the ever afters. Mm-hmm. I want me some fluff. Yes, and I want you to tag this correctly. Yeah. Yes. Oh God, yes. Yeah. And speaking of um fluff is another kind of version of fluff is fix it fic in my opinion I mean it doesn't have to be fluff but like if you're like oh no the story creators took a hard dive into like like they just did not go very well with this then you might write a fix it fic so that's interesting because um a lot of the fix-its I read are because um, the actual story is like a tragedy and everybody yeah. wants to go back and make it nicer. But yeah. I've also heard from a couple people, including that that sounds what you were saying right now, that a fix-it fic is like, you did a bad job with this story and I'm going to make it better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in our, in, our, uh, in our hubris, we do try sometimes <laughs> to force the, the characters into like, you know, not that. <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, there were a few, uh, there was tons of fix it fic for uh, the Marvel universe. Um, there's been tons for Supernatural for, I mean, pretty much you name the fandom, there's been fix it fic for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the beauty of fan fiction is like, if, if it really bothers you and you can't sleep at night because it just, oh, they just did it wrong then you can write it the way that you would have written it. And, you know, other people can benefit from that as well. And, and then you can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and that everyone lives, nobody dies tag is one of my favorites. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a good one. So. Um, what's a ship? The real question comes down to, you know, in, 
-hmm. Is it a relationship? Is it a friendship? Is it, you know, I, I like making boat jokes when I'm talking about it, <laughs> which I know that's not what it means, but <laughs> no. yeah, but like everybody, everybody makes the boat jokes when they're talking about ships. Toot, toot. Oh, that, that boat left the dock. Oh, yeah. Lord. oh no. my, you my battleship. You can't make me get on that ship. <laughs> that's not really a ship. That's a garbage barge. Ah. <laughs> I haven't heard that one, but that's awesome. Um, so basically uh, two characters in some sort of relationship. Yes. Yeah. And it could be characters that are canonically in a relationship or not. They may even be characters that have never met each other. Don't even live in the same time frame in the course of the story but you know for whatever reason people are really um or a person is really drawn to uh, that particular pairing that's another way of putting it pairing canon characters or it could be original characters ocs um and from that ship you know there's always the potential especially if somebody is a newer fan fiction writer in which no shame but for OCs, especially with ships, you know, they're because everything is is wish fulfillment, essentially. There is the tendency for characters to become Mary Sue's or Gary Stews, which mm-hmm. and no shame. It's wish fulfillment. But mm-hmm. self-insert. Huh? Self-insert. Self-insert, yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That happened a lot with the Harry Potter fandom, which is where I originated. Um, there was a lot of that in Harry Potter fandom for sure. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I left myself inserts for my Sims. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's another way to do it. Um, yeah, I, I, I never myself did a Mary Sue, um, simply because I, I prefer the slash pick. So, um, so I, let's see what they sense. do together. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and just because I'm, I'm terrible about introducing phrases and not defining them. Mary Sue's and Gary Sue's are, characters that are introduced, original characters that are introduced, which have little to no real personality. And during the course of the story, they're really more there to be vehicles for the personality of other characters. Right. They're, not, they're not really there to bring anything themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, uh, canonical characters, main characters in, in people's books have been accused of mm-hmm. uh, filling that role as well, but yes. we don't need to get too into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is being pro-ship and anti-ship? Let's fight. I'm having- <laughs> I don't think we'll fight each other. <laughs> I have battleship jokes in my head right now. Uh. <laughs> People get mad. That's mm-hmm. what this means. It's like just yeah. like table flip. Oh! And it's true. People get really bent out of shape about it. And a lot of it has to do with what people identify as abuse. Um, Sometimes, you know, if if there are two characters in canon, one of them is mean to the other one, say they're enemies, um, then people will get really bent out of shape if anybody creates a ship for them. Um, because they're like, how could you do that with this? You know, they were abusive to the other person. And how could you find anything in there that's like, but you know, maybe it's a redemption arc or maybe, you know, it's an alternate universe where that makes more sense, where they take, you know, pieces of that character that was mean to the other character and like, they work it out, you know, like, so you don't, I don't know. I personally am not a fan of anti-shipness, but, uh, but yeah, but pro-ship is like, 
you know, like I'm in the Good Omens fandom now and everybody is cool. Xerophil Crowley in that fandom. <laughs> like, of course. It seems like everybody. Um, <laughs> I, I am on that ship with literally everyone else. Um, that is an airship. That is, yes, it is <laughs> it's an airship that is sinking under the weight of so many people. Um, but, uh, but yes, but the anti-ship would then be Gabriel and uh, Aziraphale because Gabriel is so mean to Aziraphale in that, in the original source material. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that, there are a lot of people who are very anti-ship Aziraphale and, and Gabriel. And sometimes it's for like um here we go sometimes it's for like incestuous relationships too Mm -hmm. which I think is is like when you lump everything into one pool kind of makes it sound like when you say you're pro ship that means you're pro incest something like that that's what I think a lot of people do and that's Mm -hmm. how they start fights with each other Mm -hmm. at least that's what I've been seeing um that's like the whole like pro-choice argument it's like well if you're pro-choice you're pro everything else like "Mm -hmm." <laughs> can we yeah. have can we just like let each other live mm-hmm. <laughs> and have our weird opinions about things i don't know no this is fan fiction we can't allow that <laughs> no you're threatening my like your marriage is threatening my marriage yeah <laughs> you're treating my character wrong your character came from xxx fandom yeah. also <laughs> it's a fake fake person but you know as we all learned from misery sometimes that that doesn't make a difference wow (laughs) how's that for a deep cut yeah I mean I don't know I don't know how deep it is I think it was just always kind of floating there on the surface waiting to strike oh really Really? (laughs) oh god yes (laughs) I meant to do that (laughs) um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. I think we can we we can uh, skip past RPF. <laughs> yeah, let's not even bring up the real person fan fiction. I think uh, there's a lot of of anti that. It's 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 interesting too because there's a lot of fan fiction for real people, not just fiction. So it's it's fan fiction because it's fiction, but it's not about fiction. It's about actual people like hockey teams. There's whole fandom for hockey team slash fic yes i'm actually not surprised about that because yeah that actually that tracks that makes perfect sense yes and and you know bts i'm sure there's a ton there was certainly a ton for um i mean any musical group any that you can think of there's fan fiction for it i'm sure um i personally think amadeus the play was was fan fiction (laughs) Oh my gosh, um, I al- yes. I also think Animaniacs is uh, Orson Welles fan fiction. Huh. Oh. Um, yeah, okay. These are my hot takes for yeah. the evening. <laughs> <laughs> well, Neil Gaiman, who created Good Omens, um, he is very pro fan fiction and, um, and it, fan art and all the fan creations. Um, and somebody asked him about it once and he was like, look, if, if, if it weren't for fan fiction, I wouldn't have written half the stuff I've written. Like a lot of the things that Neil Gaiman himself has written and published is fan fiction of one sort or another. So, um, you know, that's, that's something to consider too. Like fan fiction kind of breaks those bounds sometimes and even yeah, goes beyond. Well, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about what y'all have done 
what have you done? Um, how, <laughs> Mary Elizabeth, how long have you been writing fanfic and what fandoms have you written in other than uh, Good Omens? Which I finished today, by the way. I finished the book today for the awesome. first time. I, I know, I know. It's so good though. I love it yeah. so much. It's really good. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's see. I started reading Harry Potter probably like... Uh, I started reading it, I think, between the, so the third and the fourth book that there was such a huge wait. I think it was like between, I think it was between the third and the fourth book. And so we were waiting forever for uh, the fourth book to come out. And I just couldn't, I couldn't stand it. And I had no idea what fan fiction was before that. Um, so I just started Googling because, well, I don't even think it was Google back then. I think it was like Dogpile or something. Like it was like, I mean, we're talking like prehistory, prehistoric internet. Uh, (laughs) And I remember, I'll never forget this. I was at my first real job, my my first real desk job after college. Um, And I was, you know, on whatever search engine, like looking up Harry Potter, like I don't even know what my search term was. But the first link that it brought up was a slash fanfic where Draco Malfoy accidentally dosed himself with a love potion and the first person he saw was Harry and Uh. (laughs) and it was so terrible and so awesome like I just like fell head over heels and I dragged several people down with me (laughs) into that fandom um and I was in that fandom for quite a while um several years probably until like the last book came out Mm. and then once the last book came out, like all, I don't know, I, I just sort of lost the, I just lost it. I, I, the, the desire to be in it as much. Um, and I did write a little bit in that fandom, though not, not terribly a lot. And I, I stuck mostly to just ridiculous, funny, you know, funny stuff, just very tame. Very, well, there was one that was not so tame. It was a, it was, it was one a spicy one. Prompt. Yeah, there was like a, a like it was a prompt where um, it had several different phrases you had to include somehow in the oh. course of the fic. And so I made it kind of like a nonsense, like, um, you know, the world is going wild, chaotic thing. Mm-hmm. And and so I, so I could fit in as many phrases as I could. And one of them was pretty spicy. Awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was a fun one to write. But I didn't really write very much in that fandom. I read mostly. Um, uh, but one of the people I dragged on with me became kind of a, uh, BNF, a big, big name fan. Um, so I wrote quite a, quite a bit in that fandom. Um, every once in a while we'll still kind of revisit it. Um, she's awesome. She's such a great writer. Mm. Um, and then I went away from fandom for a while, for a very long time. I, I got into original fiction and I was obsessed I was obsessed with original fiction for a, a another very long time um, and wrote a bunch of manuscripts that never went anywhere, um, which is fine. It was just teaching me how to, you know, actually get through an entire novel length thing. Um, and then I did actually manage to publish and then 2016 happened yeah. <laughs> and the world fell apart. And I was like, okay, I, I really need to, um, I need, I need my, I need my security blankets and I need all the cocoa and I need fanfics. So, um, at the time I was watching randomly Voltron from, um, um, Netflix, the Netflix reboot of Voltron. And now again, 
bringing the age here i was an i was an og voltron like fan from like back in the 80s when i was i don't know like eight or 12 or something i don't know how old i was but um so i just was like yes i love this i love this reboot it was really good for four seasons um and then and and then the fourth season ended and i was like now i need to like i need to get this out of my head this is a sleeping thing again where you you have to or you can't sleep so um so then i wrote like just fell out of me like this giant epic fic that i did not intend i thought i was going to be like maybe three chapters but ended up being like I don't know, like 75,000 words. It was like novel. That happens a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was like, I don't know where this came from. Um, And then I didn't watch any single episode of Ultron after that. (laughs) It was like, all gone. (laughs) Yep. I can't watch it now because if I watch any of the following seasons, then everything I wrote will be AU. And it just like, well, (laughs) while I I love AU, I, I just couldn't. So Might as well write an original story. <laughs> yeah. So I just didn't, I never watched the rest of Voltron, which is probably for the best because I hear it kind of went downhill. There's a lot of fix it fix for Voltron. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. So I just left that, you know, there. And I didn't write ever again in that fandom and I didn't read anything in that fandom. I don't know what I was just like, it was like a thing. So I guess we can put Voltron fandom on there, but um, exercised the demons from you yes exactly I was good I had like satisfied my eight-year-old child that needed to you know <laughs> deal with that um and then um uh, you know the world continued to fall apart and um I watched I think in 2019 yeah must have been 2019 like towards the end of 2019 I watched Good Omens the the television show yeah mm-hmm. when it was on um amazon still is on amazon yeah um it was a limited series type of thing and like i just again you know flames <laughs> out of my head so um so i had to like i i had to i just had to so um and, but that one really stuck and i like had to find other people in the fandom you know that i could talk to about it because nobody in my real life had watched it and um you know, I, I remember like talking your ear off about it, Tara, at one of our writing things. I was like, have you seen it yet? Yep. yep. I remember <laughs> so that. And you're like, I've read the book, but I haven't seen the show. And I'm like, ah, and then oh I watched God. the show and I understood. Yes. But anyway, so I've written a few, um, and mostly I've just read other people's stuff. And, um, I have this really great, I've met this person who is wonderful and they're my, I call them my beta BFF. That's another term we might want to define for fanfic writers out there. It's when you have somebody read through your material and give you critique on it, um, constructive feedback, um, or, you know, cheerleading feedback too, is another, I love the cheerleading feedback giving it and getting it. Um, so, so yeah, so my beta BFF, um, Allie, and we're just like, you know, totally in each other's pockets all the time. And they are extremely prolific, extremely prolific in terms of writing, like just so much. I can't even keep up. And I read a lot. I can't even, I can't even keep up. So um, I feel like we're living in parallel universes right now because (laughs) I also have a beta BFF who just like, they'll just produce something. They'll be like, I have this idea. And then they'll send me something. I'll be like, you just had this idea like 10 minutes ago. (laughs) 
and it's already 65,000 words? Well, why am I even trying? Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, how many words did you write last year? And they were like, I think like 300,000. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's my, that's my whole journey. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a serial monogamist when it comes to fandoms. So I'm in good omens now and I probably will be for the foreseeable future. Now that we have a season two coming out Woo! next year, which is, I think entirely because of the fans. I don't think that it would have gotten made otherwise. I might be joining y'all soon, honestly. Yay! <laughs> I'm kind of one at that level us. with it. One of us. I need yes. it, yeah, yeah. Let me know. I will get you into the Discord. I tried to get Tara Ooh. into the Discord and Tara was not into it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm that old millennial that I can't, I still can't figure out Discord, but that's all. Oh, come on. I'm a I didn't actor. like, I, I, I have been in several discord servers where I've just been like well it's just like two people talking and like I don't feel oh, like I can be part of this words. conversation and then I join the one I'm in right now and it's like no this is the vibes are good here no, so. I, yeah. not isolated like you guys have tried my boyfriend <laughs> has tried like other friends have tried nothing is stuck I am just <laughs> going to be like that person who goes on Twitter is like, I can't figure out TikTok. I'm too old. I can't figure out TikTok because I am too old. Well, we're all in love with the same character. And I think that helps. Uh, <laughs> yes, that would do it. So, but um, yeah, with Discord, we should probably probably define oh, that and how it interacts point. with fandoms as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you don't know what it is, it's basically just like a, I don't know, chat forum. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it's it's like a floating chat forum that can be any forum you want with a group of people that you communicate with yeah Mm -hmm. and invite people to it and you have different channels about different topics and I've joked that like 50 percent of all discord messages are this should be in channel x yes (laughs) that is kind of true it depends like oh you're talking about books in this channel you should be talking about that in media yeah. That's the That's only thing black. where I'm kind of annoyed. So I actually like have my own room and I talk about whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I work around. I can't do it. I can't do it. Cool. Tara, Tara, tell me, what have you done? So, okay. Full disclosure. It has been a minute since I have written fan fiction. I'm mostly now a reader of fan fiction, but I've been reading it since about 2005 when I was in high school. But I started writing in 2006. So I, I pulled up my old fanfiction.net account right before we logged on so I could look because I couldn't remember exactly. But I, I've written four fanfictions and they're all from different fandoms. Like none of them are from the same fandom. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, you I have not, to play the field. I know. <laughs> I have, what is it? Like one, one, one shot, no, two one shots. Uh, one that's 125,000 words. Wow. Wait, one, a one, one shot, shot? That's that is 125,000? No, no, no. The, the one that's 125,000 <laughs> is seven chapters. Okay. okay. Oh, wow. Still, still, those are long that's chapters. That's long chapters. Whenever and I get an update that's too. like 20,000 words, I'm like, when am I going to read that? <laughs> so if I ever wonder if I can write something that's noveling, I just have to come back here and look at that and be like, yeah, I might be able Possible. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> in seven chapters or less so let's see here i my first fanfic that i ever wrote was for danny phantom am i the only one here i don't know what that is this is why is. we need fandoms because there's always one person going no what is 
just listened to or watched or read this thing and I'm yeah. going to die if I don't talk to someone about it. Exactly. And, That's what I mean. Is. It yeah. was it was a, a Nickelodeon cartoon from 2000 whatever that I came into kind of late actually. Wow. Um, huh? That's wild. Like you read <laughs> about a Nickelodeon cartoon that was only around for a little while. It was it was only around for a couple of seasons. And I came into it rather late, so I ended up backtracking quite a bit to watch all of it. And, and um, but it's about it's about a boy named Danny whose parents are professional ghost hunters, and they've built this portal to the ghost realm in their basement. And his dad is this bumbling idiot, and his mother is this like professional badass who's like freaking gorgeous, of course, because that's the trope in, in cartoons. Yeah. Um, and so dad fumbles with the portal. They think it doesn't work at all. Danny walks in, like pushes a button. He like through an accident becomes half human, half ghost. Um, so he develops this persona of Danny Phantom and he becomes like this ghostly superhero vigilante type thing for, um, oh my God, they live in Amityville. <laughs> like the Amityville? Like Amityville or- horror, but like their town is called Amityville. There's like little, little Easter egg things like that throughout the entire show. But um so the entire show is about him and his two best friends they're in high school and how they navigate that and him and his little ghostly exploits but like i really kind of fell in love with the two two of the main characters in the show when i was like i need them to have a happy ending (laughs) so my first fanfic is of them like years years down the line they've both made mistakes there's been pain there's been heartache and then they come together and they recognize their love. <laughs> Honestly, uh, some fluff is just like they bake a pie together. Yeah, no, this was not. I mean, they go to a like picnic. A little fluff, but like I believe the the term that they used to use in fanfic or in fan fiction. I don't know if they use on Ao3 was that it was lemony. So oh, instead I don't know of what spicy. That means. So if it were if it's lemony, you know, it's a little uh, racy. Not safe for work. Not safe for work. Wait, is that not what spicy means? Oh, it is, oh you mean it means the same thing. It is okay. what spicy means, but like yeah. nobody uses the term. It's it's lemony. Do you know anyway. why? Do you know where lemony came from? I don't know. It's like, cause I, I'm looking at this description I put. I said, warning lemon rated M for a reason because I decided to be a little. Yes. Um, well, it became, it, the, well, as a fandom old, I can tell you that the term <laughs> lemon thank you. came from um, the early chat rooms that were monitored for anything explicit and so they couldn't use certain terminology and so lemon just became the term that they could use to indicate that something had content of an adult nature um, without getting pulled down by the moderators of whatever chat room or whatever was they were using for fanfic at the time it was very it was pre live journal even I think I love that you know that (laughs) thank you I we would have just been sitting here going why would you say that why not say citrusy (laughs) I think the irony though of me writing a spicy lemony fic in 2006 is that I I'm not entirely sure I'd even had my first kiss by then um Aww. not to give you too much of a preview into my like adolescent love life let's see my my other three fix one was twilight of course um and then uh one was actually an alice in wonderland one shot wow that was actually not based on the books it wasn't based on any of the movies what it was it was based off of a 
fans interpretation of the Disney characters as if they were living in their own little community in Disneyland but like not in Disneyland um so it was like the Disneyland landscape the Disneyland looking characters but like the relationships between like like Alice's best friend was Belle and they worked in a bookshop oh. and things like that so my one shot was actually based off of that which was in uh, like a web comic an early illustrated web comic style from Deviant Art that I met, happened to stumble across for whatever reason that's cool. I love it when people make fan works around other fan works. Like, I yeah, just, you can dedicate them to people or like gift mm-hmm. them to people and yeah. like put I, links in your own fic if somebody writes one about your AU. It's, mm-hmm. it's very so community cool. fun. A lot mm-hmm. of my fanfic, actually, now that I'm thinking back on it, was inspired by something else. So, like, it was, they were all pretty much inspired by one thing that stuck in my mind. So like my Alice in Wonderland one shot was based off of that. My my fourth one was an X-Men uh, series. It was the it's the one that was 125,000 words. Mm-hmm. But what I did for that one is that I took a song and each chapter was based off of a lyric. Oh yeah. From the song. So I did um That's Natalie Merchant's thing. Ophelia. Wow. <laughs> wow. So like each chapter was thematically based off of this, like each uh, section of the song. Song fic. Isn't that what that's, what that is? Song fic? I, I guess. I don't really. I don't, I mean, I've never I, written it. So I'm not hundred percent sure that's what song fic is, but. But like, it wasn't a, a direct interpretation. Like the story was basically training went weird. Rogue got hit in the head and ended up like having a, like in a somewhat coma state and was dreaming vivid dreams and was like traveling through like the different stories that are played out in the song hmm. but like very it was cool. very wizard of ozzy in a sense like well you were there and you were there and you. <laughs> <laughs> um did you did either of you ever have one that was like really popular i didn't have anything that went viral but like i had one that had 57 reviews which is high for me so they do reviews on fanfic.net mm-hmm. okay rather than like commenting on every chapter or do they do that too they can do that too so like we had i still occasionally get comments online like people being like i know this one's been on hiatus since the early 2000s but when are you going to come back to it wait like, really yes i do get that <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i'm not even joking but yeah. I think one of the main reasons why I never transferred over to AO3 is because fanfiction.net, like you can comment on every chapter and the system tracks the analytics. So like it can tell you um, all your comments, like where they've come regionally in the world, oh. um, like at what time of the day the comments have come in, the frequency in which you get comments. Like it's, if I were into that sort of thing, like it would be like an analytics feast it i was would... gonna say as somebody who's in marketing and pr in that general area it doesn't surprise me that you're so pleased by the analytics but like, it's just that that chart and that graph and it's just so pretty and i can't help it yeah, <laughs> yeah you pretty well, just... much just have a bar graph on ao3 of like that's views true. and kudos and and comments but nothing i don't think there's geographical information yeah, yeah. 
yeah let me, see if I can, let me see if i can pull anything up really quickly. do they have kudos for that kind of concept for fanfic.net do they have, where you can leave kudos instead of comments like likes yeah you can leave likes okay let's I wasn't see sure here. i do have like i think i put my voltron pickup on fanfic.net oh, back in the day i can look it up i can look up story traffic breakdown by day of the month and breakdown by visitor country wow so um for my <laughs> my twilight one uh in the month of january it has had 44 views and 10 visitors this year yeah in this nice. month alone this month and let's see here uh four views were from the uk four nine were from iceland oh 15 were from kazakhstan cool and uh 22 were from the u.s wow i'm impressed i didn't know it could do that weirdly the bulk of the views came from this wednesday Hmm. that's interesting (laughs) well um i think probably uh i'm looking at my um very limited um statistics page right now and i think my one with the most hits is my voltron fanfic and i think that's really just because it's been out there longest um and i'm just trying to figure out how many comments are on it comments it says 252 but that's like me also commenting back to people so um and then for my good omens fic dating in the dark is the one that did the best that was my um my human uh they meet each other on a dating show au (laughs) oh that's cute (laughs) it was a fun one to write um i also wrote it um i wrote it as part of like a an, an event with um and we were paired up with um artists so the artists would do uh pictures and then the writers would obviously write the story um and um for that one, I had 370 comments. So that's probably my best. I, I mean, it depends on how you define, you know, most popular, like, sure. is it the hits? Is it the comments? Is it, you know, what is, what is it? But probably I would say just for sheer, like people having read it and liked it, probably dating in the dark is my, my most popular one. Tell us more about the, the challenges or the prompts and like how, how they arise, how you participate, how just what is that? What is the deal with that? Oh my gosh. There are so many, there's so many deals. Um, I mean, it's like anyone who it's like as big as the fandom's imagination. So, um, so there's one discord server in the good omens verse, um, that is called do it with style events. Um, and they, they, that's what they do. They do events. So that one that I just talked about was dating in the dark. That one was a, um, a mini bang, which is where it originated in the Harry Potter fandom with the big bang event. And the big bang was where you would do a novel length um, story and you would have an artist that uh, collaborated with you. And so do it with style events. They did a mini bang, which was only supposed to be five thousand words (laughs) and mine ended up being like a novel length. So I don't know. I just, the idea is you just go where it takes you. Um, But my artists were really are really great about that. <laughs> they, they made so much art for me. Um, but you can do that. There's sometimes things that aren't like 
formal events that are more like just a list of prompts for like a holiday. Um, uh, so for example, just this last Christmas season, my beta BFF and I did a, a collaborative fic where um, we took the prompts from somebody who just posted it on Tumblr, like a list of prompts for you know the month of December. And we did as many of the prompts as we could in a collaborative story together, but that was informal. We were just doing it for the fun of it. So there's that. Um, but really, if you wanna know about events, Tumblr and Discord is where most people end up talking about those things, I think. Mm -hmm. At least in the good omens first. So what are some of your guys' favorite tropes to both read and use? Do, do, do we know what tropes are? Have we defined trope? I don't we have one we've talked about romance, but maybe not necessarily in this context before. <laughs> so if you felt like it, you absolutely can. Okay. Well, I still don't 100% know what trope is. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, some people are like, oh, that's so cliche because blah, blah, blah. And so I think you know, tropes and cliches can easily be mistaken for each other. And I think maybe a cliche is just a trope that hasn't been done well. I don't know. <laughs> a trope that, that um, yeah, people don't viscerally need in the same way that they need tropes. <laughs> yes. There was only one bed. Yeah. Yeah, right. I like that one. I like that one. That one's, that one's one of my favorites. Um, That's a favorite. I would say like my favorite romance tropes are probably the same as my favorite fan fiction tropes. Yeah. Yes. That's, I think that's where it came from. And yeah. enemies to friends to lovers are just, you know, skipping the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of controversy about that. <laughs> I like the whole mistaken identity thing. As long as it's got like a, a yeah, um, 12th night twist to it. Yes. Sort of, that's how I like that one. Mm -hmm. It's got a little bit more depth to it. If yeah. it's just like, fly by night oh well I thought you were so and so but you weren't I can't I can't I can't <laughs> just oh you can't do that last twist bit where it's just like haha this is how I'm ending this because I don't know what else to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, it's, when it's clearly lackluster on the page it's like okay you you needed some filler all right respect yeah. for needing the filler but like we know what you're doing yeah I'm a big I, um fake dating fan I was just gonna do yeah. fake dating yes <laughs> I'm with you on the fake dating yes Fake dating is, is the bomb. That's yeah. a good one. That's so good much one. pining mm -hmm. occurs within the fake dating. But like, what are some tropes out? What are some tropes outside of romance? Because I mean, everybody knows the romance tropes. Mm -hmm. But I think the only reason that everybody knows the romance tropes is because you know Harlequin and what have you. Like, romance was so formulaic for so very long that we're almost expected to continue those tropes even into now. I mean, which is not a bad thing. I mean, There's like, we, we love like, the tropes because we love them. The only one I can think of right now is I'm thinking about horror because horror has tropes as well, mm -hmm. um, is like, so the one in horror that comes to mind first is the hero becomes the monster. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's one that I see commonly. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not so much an issue of liking and then there, but it is a difference between like genre and trope you know mm -hmm. it's not like the trope is it's horror it's like no the trope is this person who you are following slowly becomes something else and it's scary and bad now is is a trope something because i this just came on the top of my head and i want your guys opinion is a trope something that you can necessarily take out of one book and put into another book with like little differentiation because it's not actually something that's plot it's 
Okay, I see a head nodding yes. and I saw questioning and Mary Elizabeth <laughs> shaking the head and nodding of the head. Ooh, battle. Let's do it. <laughs> Fights. Well, I think, yeah, I, th- I think that a trope you should be able to put in any appropriate story. Like it's not something that belongs to anyone because then otherwise it's just like one story. It's not a trope. But by virtue of that, do you feel like the inclusion of a trope is meant to help the plot or is it there for primarily fan service? Because if you can move it from one story to another and it doesn't transition into a genre thing, like what you were talking about with horror, then is it there to- oh you mean you mean take from one genre to another not no no no, no, no. i mean like like i mean like taking like one romance one romance pluck trope from one input into other i'm trying to think of an instance where that wouldn't be okay because i i feel like that's what what stories are shaped around almost i mean like stories for the most part they they have a general formula regardless of genre but you know it's how you work within that and between that that you get the stories and you get the different genres and you get the different tropes right which is how we get the fan fiction but i i don't know where i'm going with this it's, it's just like building a house like can you yeah. put carpet in this room yes you can also put carpet in that room like but you still will got the match, carpet no matter what match. exactly yeah if, if they clash you're doing a bad job of using tropes if they match you're doing a good job of using tropes <laughs> Now I want somebody to take a romance trope and a horror trope and put them into the same story in a way that they should not be there. That is literally my entire fandom. (laughs) (laughs) Success. I win. All right. (laughs) Point to Tara. Do you have any favorite AO3 tags or fan fiction tags? I don't know if fanfiction.net has any. They've got tags, but not like AO3. Fanfiction.net's just got like <sighs> descriptors that you can attach to a story, but they're not quite as, they're not fan created like AO3 ones. Like AO3 ones, if you have an account, you can pretty much build your own tags. Um, so like there's a slew of tags, maybe all the same, maybe all different, but you can attach it to anything regardless of what you want. It doesn't really work that way with fanfiction. You can't really build your own tags. Um, you just have to choose theirs yeah and work within that I mean there's a lot of options to work within that but it doesn't have the so shall we say creative controlled chaos that AO3 does I think that's good sometimes because people get that whole self-conscious thing when they're writing tags for themselves and I'll see them be like I don't know how to tag as a tag and I'm like okay I'm not reading your fic now because I'm annoyed (laughs) (laughs) but the struggle is real I I know but don't say it (laughs) yeah that's true that's true no what I usually do is lament to my beta like I I don't know how to tag this thing like I you know what what are the socially acceptable tags and what should I not say? I just yeah. want to see what happens when you click on the tag as a treat. Because <laughs> oh. it's always like so-and-so can have a little something, comma, as a, as treat. a treat. And so yes. like I think we can assume that it's almost always going to be NSFW. Yep. Yes. Probably. NSFW is not safe for work. You should know that if you're on the internet at all. <laughs> yes, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully you know that. Um, yeah. I um I really, so there's definitely, I would say fans fall on one of two camps. They either really like the funny tags that are kind of like, you know, 
the author poking fun at themselves or, you know, whatever they like them or they really don't. They're like, no tags serve a purpose. They are just to tell me, if, you know, what to watch out for in this fic, you know, or basically what is in the contained in the fic so that I know whether or not I'll actually like it. Um, and I don't want the author to be funny about it, you know, and I, I'm kind of in the middle, like there's definitely too many tags. Sometimes an author will go absolutely uh, just wild with tags and it's not, um, it's not helpful at that point. Like I think right. didn't, I think AO3 just recently implemented a tag limit. Did they? Um, no yeah. yeah. It's there like 75 a... tags. It's still 75 tags. 75 tags. Who even yes. reads that? Like five. There was an incident. There was an incident. Oh no, I'm trying to <laughs> find me. it. Hold on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I want to know how I can, I don't know the number, the exact number of tags this person used, but it was almost as many tags as there are in like a 300,000 word. Fit. I mean, it was so many tags and, and it broke <laughs> because oh, here's at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, there's a set number of server server allowance, how much limit they have, to, you know, in server space. And this person just, you know, Something you also run into though, occasionally, not always occasionally, is that sometimes an author doesn't actually know what their story should be tagged. Like they, they tag it as they feel like it should be tagged. But like, if you are writing a slash fic and you don't tag it slash and you're tagging it, just, you know, everything else under the sun, or if you're tagging something that's AU and you forget to put in that, it's also, I don't know, pick a trigger, you know? things that are important to know for the readers because either they're going to avoid that in the first place and you're going to yeah. end up with very angry comments or you know they're not going to find what they're looking for to begin with because they're not going to miss your story altogether yeah um on ao3 you, they give you options not only to just write out all your tags but like to say if there's rape non-con um yep. if there's underage stuff I forget what the other ones are, but like that is its own category of like, oh, major character death is another one. Yes. Um, so where like you have to tag those from the beginning. They don't force you to, but they'll say creator chose not to use any of these tags to let people know like um red flag. They're on their own. <laughs> or they'll say um no none apply. That's the the difference. Yeah. But sometimes people just like don't mark it at all. And that is suspect to me. Yeah. Because, and I think that what people sometimes get the wrong idea about is that they would, they don't want to spoil their own fic. You know, they yeah. don't want the reader to be spoiled on, you know, what's going to happen in the fic. But um, for things like content warnings, it's very important that you tag that <clears throat> because it's, it's just not fair to the readers otherwise. Especially because people are reading for comfort mostly. At least in my yeah. experience, people are reading it because they want to feel good. Um, and if they are blindsided by something that they hate, then they're not having fun anymore. And you're kind of being a jerk if you do that on purpose. <laughs> the other thing to remember, too, is that there are people out there looking specifically for those things that the major archive warnings, you know, they're so specifically yeah. looking for major character death. They're specifically looking for. Which yeah, it's not necessarily wrong either. <laughs> like I, I don't want if to that's say what that they it want, is, and then but... they won't find your pick if you didn't tag it right. So it, it is important to to tag it um, appropriately. Um, you know, just so people can find it, and it's not it's not spoiling your own pick. Right. That's what I would say. 
And you can also, there's also a field for you to add the characters that are in it, which is also an important way for people to, uh, to get to know your stuff and to find your stuff because everybody's got a favorite. Yes. There's a whole separate area. For oh yeah. There's one that's yeah. relationships and one that's characters. Yeah. Pick, pick your characters and pick your relationships, which I actually, I like that. There are some Me things too. about the earth research function that I really enjoy. And that one I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that too. Um, sometimes people abuse it, but <laughs> it's not the worst thing that can happen. I was going to say people abusing something shocking. No, it's like, <laughs> oh, you're trying to. You're trying to attract people who don't actually want to read this and you know it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. What's one of your, do, do either of you recall one of your best comments? I was actually just looking at my comments a second ago. My favorite kind of comments are ones where people quote my own fic back at me. Like <gasps> they're like, this line was so great. And if you know, moved me or like, and then sometimes I'll get, um, the, I stayed up all night to finish this. How dare you? <laughs> yep. I love those comments. Yep. Or I downloaded this to my Kindle so I can read it whenever I want, even when I don't have internet access. That's another good comment. I, I love the key smash. Yes. Yeah. The key smashes is, is, is someone you can tell they just kind of like smash their fingers on the keys because they're freaking out about something. Mm. I adore it. See, all my fan fictions are, or all my stories are so old. That a lot of that stuff didn't, all the, all those like funny little quirky things that people do in comments nowadays, it didn't exist. Yeah. So, like you know, emojis. <laughs> yeah, emojis didn't exist. Oh emojis my God. Didn't exist. Um, but like, I, I like the quotes that I have gotten something like, oh, you know, I stayed up and I, I eagerly like caught up on this. I'm so excited that I'm, I'm all caught up. Like, where's more? Um, things like that, very simple. Um, Things like, oh, scene left me panting and the characterization is perfect. That's always nice to hear. Yeah. My funniest one I got that I've written down for this is you managed to create so many different styles of hateable characters. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a positive? Yes, yes, I did it on purpose. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Comedy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Damn it. You left us to rot. I love this story and you left me hanging. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you left us to rot. That was from 2013. Uh, Someone was like, um, how do you write a chapter called Your Smile Lights Up a Room and Make Me Cry Tears from My Little Gay Eyes? <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, oh, that's perfect. I loved that one as well. Yeah. I think some of my favorite comments were for my beta, actually. They just are so good at like, because they know me so well. and. Also, what's really nice about getting comments from your beta in, within the body of your work is that um, it's like directly attached to the line usually, you know, as opposed to waiting till the end of the chapter or the end of the fic. Yeah. So I, I wish AO3 or fanfic.net or one of these would have that functionality someday where readers can just leave, you know, comments or highlight their favorite lines or something like that. Because that is a really good. It know. is fun. Yeah. yeah. I try not to like, as the Google comments are coming in, I try not to look at the emails so I can like open the doc and just read all the way through. <laughs> the very first thing I check every morning is my, um, my kudos daily digest. How many kudos I've gotten on the different picks the night before or the day before the dopamine is the just dopamine. mad. Yep. 
<laughs> no, I'm just out of ten would recommend get fanfiction.net emails. I'm like, oh, someone still reads my stuff. Hooray! <laughs> it's still very novel for me. So <laughs> yeah. No, it's novel. a good feeling. It's a good feeling for sure. Do you have any closing comments? Mm. <laughs> Just that yeah. talking about it makes me now want to get back into writing fan fiction because it's been a hot second. But even saying that, I'm now just like, I don't even know what fandom I would write for. <laughs> or maybe this yeah. is just giving me like the nudge to get back into writing my own original stuff, which because that, yeah, I need to do that more. You do. You definitely do. <laughs> Thanks. I, Thanks. <laughs> just, just saying. I know. Um, I know. I know. Yeah. I would say, like, you know, if if there is some, if you do get that burning sensation to write in a particular fan fiction in a pan, particular fandom, go for it because, like, it's you know, follow that bliss. Even if you're also writing original f- fiction at the same time, because they, for me at least, that fulfills two different wants in me you know like the fan fiction is it's um it's safe it's a sandbox it's a you know something where I can get immediate feedback um from readers and it's just it's it's its own thing and it's so worth it plus like I learn a lot still to this day you know I learn a lot writing fan fiction um that I apply to my original fiction so like but, you know, also don't feel like you have to force it if you're not into a particular property, like, you know, then don't, yeah. but if you're, if you get that sensation and you'll know it, if you have it, <laughs> or if you're like dissatisfied by something, like if you're, if you're dissatisfied by something that happens in one of your favorite media properties and you feel the need to fix it or to read someone else's mm-hmm. like you can probably find someone with the same opinion as you who has <laughs> written something that will make you feel better mm-hmm. Tara do you have any uh, closing comments just that yes writing fan fiction does help you write other things and not necessarily original fiction it can also help you craft things in your professional daily life or the communications to friends and family so you have better understanding of how to communicate your own thoughts and feelings um so by virtue of that fan fiction i think is a valuable exercise for anybody and everybody who is willing to sit down at a keyboard and just write um it doesn't necessarily have to be anything fantastic it doesn't necessarily have to be long um but I do feel that it is a very important addition to our popular culture in this day and age. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. Hooray! All right. Um, do you want to plug anything? Maybe your books, Mary Elizabeth? <laughs> um, well, I write YA mystery. So um, the books that are out now are Trust Me, I'm Lying and Trust Me, I'm Trouble. It's about a teenage con artist who's father goes missing and she has to use every con in the book to find him so yes it 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 was very fun to write um so that and then you know all of my if you're into good omens (laughs) just go look up I'm not in my 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 username is Mira Waros all one it's an anagram so okay m-i-r-a-w-o-r-o-s okay yeah you can find us online, hybridpubscout.com, on Twitter, hybridpubscout, Facebook, hybridpubscout, Instagram, 
hybrid pub scout pod and please leave us a rating and review five stars thank you very much on your favorite <laughs> podcast platform um thanks for joining me today thank you thank you for having us and thanks for giving a rip about books <laughs> <laughs>